Hello and welcome to another episode of Tales, Tales of from the, the Uncharted, Uncharted Territories. We're going to have to put that to music sometime. We should, yes. So today we are reading a story by Far Anya. I want to say another, one, another story by Far Anya. Yeah. Yes, yes, we have. We did a bunch of those in the, in the beginning, although that may have been when we were still sort of paywalling these, oh, uh, yes. these fanfics that our Patreon... Subscribers have been able to enjoy. Yeah, we did a bunch of Far Anya stories, and they're fantastic. I'm Kaki, by the way. I'm Kay. And this is the the sort of the sort of twilight zone between episodes of so uh, Farscape. Yes, the story is called "Take the Journey," which sounds a, bit, a little bit like "Taking the Stone," I believe it was called. Ooh, interesting. I, know, I have no idea whether or not it's going to have any relation to it, but it definitely reminds me of that. Well, it's definitely around that time, as we'll find out in a bit, because the author's notes say, as usual, let me say thanks for the writers and creators of Farscape, yes, so say we all, for letting me put words into the mouths of John, Aaron, and the rest of Moya's crew, and actions into their hearts and hands. Ooh. That's really cool. Yes. It takes some unmitigated gall on my part to even <laughs> begin to think that I could ever hope to improve the incredible craftworthiness of the vessel we lovingly know as Farscape. Major spoilers for The Way We Weren't. All right, so here which we go. Which is 205, which oh. is just after, yeah, Taking oh, the Stone, good, yeah. showing off here. Oh. So, Take the Journey by Far Anya. Do you remember when you first came aboard Moya? Velarex stroked your cheek like this to calm you. <gasps> Back then, I couldn't fathom, fathom why he do a thing like that. And now... I couldn't fathom not doing it. Oh, that was Aaron to pilot. Ooh. That was in the way we weren't. Yeah. John stood silent, holding his breath, choking back tears. He almost couldn't believe what he was witnessing. Aaron painfully tearing down every defensive shield behind which she'd barricaded her heart. No, not just her heart, herself. Now, it just says John here, so I assume this is a, like a, a, a title, a chapter title or something like that. It says, I see what you mean. I think those first two paragraphs, they're actually from the episode. Oh. So I think now we're splitting off into the, into the fan fiction, Fair. and like John is going to be, yes, the, like the viewpoint character yeah. now. As he had watched the playback of the death of Moya's first pilot and the revelation that Aaron had been part of the squad that executed her, John's heart had argued violently with his head. This wasn't his Aaron. It couldn't be, but it was. Damning his own emotions behind hastily erected levees. Whew, great imagery. John sat behind Aaron as she and the rest viewed the recording. He knew Aaron had changed in the time she'd been with them aboard Moya. He could only hope that Zan, Dargo and Rigel had changed as well. He could only hope that they realised how different Aaron was now from her first reluctant days aboard Moya. This is very good, because, like, Chiana was right on board with, eh, yeah. whatever. It seemed that Chiana, at least, understood. Oh, there we go. Although, at first, the others couldn't <laughs> see beyond their own preju- uh, prejudice, prejudice? Prejudicial. Prejudicial. All right. Edit, edit, edit. It seemed that Chiana, at least, understood. Although, at first, the others couldn't see beyond their own prejudicial hatred of the peacekeepers. Of course, they had been tortured by the peacekeepers, and Chiana hadn't. But still. He found Aaron, weeping huddled on the floor of the maintenance bay, her knuckles bloodied and bruised. It was the first time he'd ever seen her cry uncontrollably. Gently he took her into his arms, rocked her, stroked her hair and murmured comforting sounds until she at last cried herself out. Chapter again. Aaron. You're making hamburger there. Edit, edit, edit. Just a pause. Aaron couldn't remember the last time anyone had held her close and let her cry her fears and hurts away. She didn't think it had ever happened. 
edit, edit, edit. She didn't think it had even happened when she was a child. Not that the hurt was gone yet, not by a long shot. Now, ever since she'd watched the recording of the death of Moya's first pilot, it seemed she'd been crying. She had barely managed to hold the tears at bay as she watched the playback. It brought back so many memories of a time and people she'd worked hard to forget. She had only been following orders and afterward she'd put it out of her mind like she did all the other distasteful jobs she was required to do. Oof. It was only in the privacy of her quarters or when she was on routine patrol alone in her prowler that the memories tended to spill over her mental barricades. Whoa. Is that why she wanted back on prowler duty? Oh, maybe. Yeah. God, I wish her and her mother had been able to have, like, conversations about this and, Mm. like, share the sort of work of processing trauma like that. Until she'd seen the recording, she'd had no idea that she had been aboard Moya before. That first time, she couldn't remember ever hearing the name of a Leviathan mentioned or hearing more than a few words spoken by the new pilot. Besides, the ship then held an entire prison garrison and its accompanying prowler squadron, not to mention the prisoners, hundreds of them. So many different species. That's interesting, because, like, what happened to them? Because there was only four of them left by the time that John showed up. I mean, which I always thought was, like, kind of weird. It's like, like only four prisoners on Earth 3, even. Three, yeah, three, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, uh, Zan, Dargo, and Rigel. Yeah. On a ship that could hold hundreds. Yeah. Or even more, I mean, considering how huge Moya is. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Now it was different. Empty chambers and cells that had once been filled with fellow soldiers and prisoners. One prowler where there had once been more than 20. When she'd been captured and brought on board Moya, edit, edit, edit. When she'd been captured and brought on board Moya barely a cycle ago, there'd been nothing to drag the ghosts from her subconscious. Ghosts she had hoped never to have to face again. As she watched, she'd felt the hostility and hatred roiling through the chamber, all of it directed at her. Only John, sitting behind her, she thought had no animosity for her, but the anger from the others was nothing compared to what raged inside her own breast. It had come as a shock to her to learn that the emotions the recording triggered were still as raw as they were the day she had betrayed her heart. Facing the others had been hard, but explaining to Crichton her relationship with Velerick, that was harder. She knew John cared for her, cared deeply, and in her own way she cared for him also. No matter what she said, no matter how she said it, this was going to hurt him. John, we were lovers. He'd imagined the very worst of Velarek as she tried to explain their relationship. He what, Aaron? He raped you? He had wanted to shout. What she had said was the last thing he had expected to hear. Truly, it was hard to stifle his surprise. He didn't know that the word love, in any of its variations, even existed in the vocabulary, and he couldn't seem to stop repeating it, though it twisted like a knife in his gut every time he said it. Although her face was taut with suppressed and remembered emotions, hope shot through John like a bolt of lightning and his heart skipped a beat. In his, albeit not vast, experience, to be lovers generally meant being capable of some sort of emotional bond. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be nice. Mm. That meant that Erin had at one time been able to create that bond. Surely she she could create it again. Maybe it wouldn't be as intense as first love often is, but what he was offering was a love stronger, he believed and more honest than he her first had been. He knew how he felt about Aaron, and he believed, he hoped, Aaron was beginning to feel something for him, something more than friendship and gratitude. He struggled to find the right words that would allow her to explain without feeling guilty. He tried to move beyond the moment, but ultimately he couldn't help but ask, Do you love him? He held his breath as she answered. 
He could hear, hear the admiration and the pain in Aaron's voice as she began to explain. But before she had gotten very far, Pilate's angry voice interrupted. Oh. John wanted desperately to go with her. A deaf, one-eyed DRD would be able to tell that Pilate was angry. <laughs> but he respected Aaron's wish to face her accuser alone. It wasn't until he heard her terrified, strangled voice over the comms that he knew he should have stayed close by. As it was, he and Dargo barely made it to Pilate's chamber in time to prevent him from venting Aaron into space. But, parrot, edit, 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 but Pilate's demand that Aaron leave Moya was untenable to John. Then, when Aaron agreed with Pilate that her very presence defiled the memory of Moya's first pilot, John confronted Pilate. Whatever John expected, it wasn't what happened. Immersed in his own private hell, Pilate severed all his connections to Moya. Pilate, Aaron's son, it's not you who deserves death, it is I. It felt good to get that out in the open. He'd been blaming Aaron for the death of Moya's first pilot ever since the Hynerian had brought him that recording, though he knew in his heart that the blame should be heaped on his own shoulders. Yeah, I forgot that it was Rigel trying to stir shit that caused all of this. Yeah. What a, a knob. <laughs> he hadn't been too surprised to see Crichton and Aaron enter his chamber together. He had been curious, however, about how they managed to outmaneuver the DRDs. As they advanced on the station, he had ordered the remaining DRDs to attack. Disabling the DRDs, John and Aaron approached with pulse pistols aimed directly at him. Disabled is generous. They opened fire and <laughs> shot them. Pilate had been rather proud to discover that he wasn't afraid. Even when she had scrambled up onto his panel, he hadn't shrunk back or faltered. He had held his ground, refusing to capitulate to her demand to talk. It's not like he's going to go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Crichton had intervened. Spurious, Pilate thought. Spuriously. Uh. Pilot thought. Edit, edit, edit. Crichton had intervened. Spuriously, Pilot thought. The noble human had claimed to be concerned only for Pilot and Moya. But Pilot had insisted that it was actually the life support system that Crichton was worried about. Then, yet it let slip that Moya would be better off without him. As usual, Crichton got it wrong, but not by much. Crichton might realize what was bothering Pilot, but he missed the reason why. The humans said that it wasn't Pilate's fault that the original pilot had been killed, but it was. It had been his eagerness to be bonded with the Leviathan that made him the perfect target for Velarek. Velarek knew all the right buttons to push to get the young pilot to defy the elders. It had been his lifelong dream to fly among the stars, stars. of the pilots of a Leviathan, a magnificent biomechanoid ship, a living creature, and Velarek had offered him the stars. What Velerick hadn't mentioned was the pain that would accompany those stars. Constant, unrelenting pain. Over the... Edit, edit, edit. Over the intervening cycles, Pilot had forgotten much about his first days on Moya. But seeing the recording, those memories had been reawakened, and so had his shame. Now, facing Aaron again, watching her voluntarily drop her weapon and offering her life for his and the others, Pilot knew he had to tell them the truth. Pilate believed it had been his decision to go with Velerick that had sealed the fate of Moya's first pilot. He felt that surely he had been the only one desperate enough to bargain with that cunning devil. Mm. Pilate truly believed that if Velerick couldn't find a replacement, Grace would have been forced to find another Leviathan for a secret project, and Moya's first pilot would still be alive. It was a relief, Pilate discovered, to say that to Aaron. 
to accept her apology, but even more so to absolve her of the death of the old pilot. As he watched the tears well up in her dark, luminous eyes, he realized he'd never seen a sebation cry. He felt honored by the implied trust and intimacy. He reached up to gently stroke her cheek to comfort her, as she had comforted him only a few microts before. Their eyes locked, and in her eyes, Pilot discovered compassion such as he had never dreamed of in a peacekeeper. Aww. Aaron's time aboard Moya had changed her, but he rather doubted that Aaron had been a typical peacekeeper. All the peacekeepers he had dealt with before were ruthless, uncaring automatons. Biggie, biggie, biggie. <laughs> Valeric had been... By your command. <laughs> biddy, 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 biddy. <laughs> Velerick had been the only other peacekeeper to ever touch pilot in any way unconnected with the business of actually piloting Moya. Concern for others, such as Aaron had just shown, was not the norm. Pilot quickly searched the databases he still had access to and found the procedure that would give him rudimentary control of Moya's systems. Still gazing tenderly at Aaron, he silently withdrew his demand for her immediately departure. She was right. They did have a long journey ahead of them. And he was sure, as he knew she was, that there would be many pitfalls and many wrong turns before they all finally reached Journey's End. The end. Oh, oh that's a lovely little take on that. Oh, and also, I just discovered that the font controls are at the bottom, and I've been reading this these <laughs> in, tiny little font. this tiny little font really close to my face and mispronouncing it a lot more than even I usually do. Thank you so much, Far Anya. This was this was take the journey. It was absolutely fantastic, and I, I just love Far Anya's imagery and the the language use. It's just gorgeous. Mm. So, so happy to read another one of hers. Yes, and thank you all for joining us for another episode of Tales, Tales from of the, the Uncharted, Uncharted Territories. We shall be back with another episode of regular Sofascape next week. Can't and, wait. And until then, bye bye. Zwei zwei. <laughs>